I don't know, in the 21st century, if we believe in like the evil eye and believe in curses and stuff. But I, I, felt, I felt like I did something wrong. From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Caroline Ballard. In this episode, we'll hear about a man whose wish came true. But you know what they say, be careful what you wish for. Micah Schweitzer and his wife were on a backcountry ski trip in the Snowy Range Mountains in southern Wyoming. Once you're up there and in the cabin and have the wood stove going and you can go out for a little ski behind the cabin in the uh, trees where there's no wind, it's so beautiful and so peaceful. And I feel like going up there for 24 hours, you feel like you've been gone for a week. You know, time moves so slowly, and it's just the most spectacular experience to be up there. On Friday morning, you know, we had breakfast and packed up and everything and skied out. And Thursday, it was dead silent. Like, I think we were the only people up there. And on Friday, we start hearing and seeing snowmobiles. I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of snowmobiles, right? I think that when you start taking large machines into these pristine mountains, you lose something. Somebody told me that now that snowmobiles are creating paths that foxes can walk up, and they can go places they couldn't have gone before because of deep snow, and they're starting to damage the rodent populations higher up in the mountains. So the whole balance gets thrown off, and you know, not to mention all the noise and the fumes. And so I, I'm not a fan of snowmobiles. I just don't, I don't really get the appeal. And when I'm on skis in this quiet, pristine place, I just feel like it sort of taints it. And so we're skiing out on Friday, and it's not like there were, you know, a couple of snowmobiles. That's fine. There were, I think, between 30 and 40. We skied for 45 minutes from the cabin down to where the roads closed to our car, and I think we saw between 30 and 40 snowmobiles passing us or being unloaded. And I think it was the long weekend, people coming up, huge trucks pulling trailers, One guy had, you know, like a whiskey flask attached to the back of his backpack. Hmm. And it's just, I don't know, it's just like you're you're, you're driving this enormous mechanized vehicle into the mountains and you're potentially boozing it up while you're doing, like, I don't know, it just seemed like a metaphor for what my prejudice would say is like an irresponsible pastime. And it made me angry, that amount of noise, and I'm like, you know, skiing through clouds of fumes. And I, and I refused to wave at anybody. And I, I just started to, I got angry about it. And I would uh, not get out of the way. <laughs> I forced them. <laughs> I figured they could either hit me or get out of my way. And Liberty, my wife was, you know, was also, you know, not not a fan. And so we were were getting grumpy about this, all these snowmobiles passing us. And then I said, I hope one of them hits a tree. 
and she said, "Why would you wish that on a tree?" And I said, "Okay, I hope, I hope, I hope one of them hits a rock." And I think I left it there at that point. But then, a little while later, you know, another however many snowmobiles had passed us, and I finally said, "I hope one of them hits a rock and dies." And Liberty said, "Don't say that. That's bad karma." And I said, "You know, whatever it takes to have fewer snowmobiles polluting these mountains." So that's Friday morning. Wednesday evening, I'm about to leave work. I'm taking one last look at my Twitter feed, and I see this news story come through from a Wyoming newspaper. About a person who died in the snowies, and I click on it, and it's a snowmobiler. So, a family of three: the、um, mother, a father, and a son drove up into the snowies. They parked at Green Rock, where the road ends, which is like the same place that we parked to ski in. On the newspaper website, they had a map. It was the seeing that map, tune like, oh my gosh, I was just there. And they went snowmobiling, and one of their snowmobiles broke down, and they couldn't leave where they were because the the winds were so bad and the ground blizzards were so bad, and there's so much blowing snow. So they built a snow cave and a fire and sheltered in place Saturday night. I mean, I'd be terrified to spend the night up there in winter. I, it is so harsh. You know, you're at ten thousand plus feet. It gets so cold. And then on Sunday, the father hears a snowmobile in the distance. He gets on a second snowmobile to go find help. And that snowmobile gets stuck, like I think, in a body of water or something. So he goes back and gets the third snowmobile, and he's on that, and the handles break. And then he has to build a snow cave and stay Sunday night alone. And his his wife and son are in the other snow cave. And then, and I'm sure search and rescue has been alerted by now. But、um, they find him on Monday, and then have to call off the search、uh, because of blizzard conditions, ground blizzards. And so I think on Tuesday they finally found the son and the mother, and the mother had died.、Um, you know, I don't know exposure or something. And the son had frostbite and had to be airlifted to a hospital. So I read this story, and like they're real people, you know. They're not just, I don't know, some what, what what I would have seen as like some reckless dude with his whiskey flask and his big machine, you know, polluting the mountains. Like like this is a family. The woman was only forty six. She's an eighteen year old son,、um, and especially hearing about the husband. 
Like he go, you know, he hears the snow, help is so close, and then you have these snowmobiles that break down, and he's like how helpless he was. It was for me to read that, to think that, you know, the day before, two days before they're going through this, that I was saying, I hope somebody dies, made me, um, I guess I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think of them as real people, you know, and like, these are real people. How did you tell your wife? Well, I didn't want to at first. Uh, The thing that I said came true. I didn't want to shoulder that responsibility, and I felt like telling somebody would make that real somehow. And so I, um, we were just talking over dinner, and and of course she made the connection immediately. She was like, you cursed them. You, you said you hoped a snowmobiler would die. And now you're telling me that you just read in the newspaper that a snowmobiler died. Do you feel responsible? I, I not, not in a logical cause and effect fashion, but like I cursed snowmobilers. I, I, I I spoke a curse. And so when I read that, I felt, I, I felt very strange when I read that. I opened it up just thinking, oh my gosh, you know, these, these wilderness accidents happen. And then it says snowmobile in there. And I actually felt sort of shaky, very unsettled. Like, what are the odds, you know? You say this thing. I just said that I was just, you know, I was irritated, right? So you say this thing. I was pissed off. I say this thing. Move on with life. And then the next day, it happened. I don't come off of this looking like a good person, right? Um, I feel this should be out there. I don't do this. This is not my what I do. I don't have a bad day and you know or have a bad interaction with someone and and routinely curse them. Uh, it's not how I approach life. Do you normally believe in curses? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's a long, a long history of curses. I mean, you look at any, you know, any any cultures, folklore or or just stories. Um, you look at the Bible. I don't know in the 21st century if we believe in like the evil eye and believe in curses and stuff. But I, I felt, I felt like I did something wrong, something bad. I don't know. You put that kind of energy out into the world or something, and that's not. It doesn't make a better world, right? It doesn't make things better. Will this change how you talk about snowmobilers or? Not even just snowmobilers, anybody? I don't know if I'm ever going to be a fan of snowmobiles, right? It's just a different, it's a different way of experiencing the world than, than I like. But to conflate that with the person who's on it, you know, to say that, that I, well, I don't, I'm not a big fan of this machine, but then to, to somehow say that then the person who is using the machine 
is bad or is someone that I that I reject or deserves to die. I mean that's that's where it all breaks down, right? Because because if you if you take it so far as saying I don't like this machine, I don't like who's on it because they're using the machine. I mean you can you can take that far enough where you do say they deserve to die, and of course they don't. It's it's really humbling, not just humbling, but but you know I feel shame, um, and. Yeah, I don't think I'll do that again. I don't think I'll say that again. Our storyteller was Micah Schweitzer, who also produces this show, along with Ryan Oberhelman, Aaron Jones, and Anna Rader. I'm Caroline Ballard. If you have a story to tell, get in touch through our website, humannaturepodcast.org. And if you like the show, give us a rating on iTunes or share it with your friends. Our theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's Human Nature.